Well, you certainly know how to compliment a woman. Well, if you'll excuse me. Do you know who I am? No, I, I can't say that I do. I don't know how to put this, but I'm kind of a big deal. Really? People know me. Well, I'm very happy for you. is Friday Game Changers, taking your business to the next level. Coming up on Kizzy's Friday Game Changers. We're trying to teach people about the song is going to make you a career, not perfecting the sound. If you want to perfect the sound, you should become an audio engineer or a mixer. But if you want to be a composer, you need to finish your tracks. And also, the way I see it, there's never going to be a better time in recent human history that you're going to have to compose. All of this, plus a great book of the week recommendation from Jane Carley of Make More Noise and fantastic music from Roger Rosa, owner of the Eisen Agency. Call your friends and spread the word. Tell them that Kids' Friday Game Changers show is the best you've ever heard. Stay tuned. Hi, this is Ray Zen. Hi, I'm Jamie Martin from Ideal Shopping Direct. I'm Kate Bell, founder of Zipassin. Hi, my name is Eirik Aide Patterson. I'm a co-founder of Seaborg Technologies. Hi, I'm Katie Farrell, transformation coach, founder of The Catalyst for Life. Hey everybody, I'm David Frangioni, CEO and co-founder of All Access IDA, Inspire and Develop Artists, and you're listening to Kizzy's Friday Game Changer. Check it out. Welcome to Kizzy's Friday Game Changers with your host Kizzy Nkwacha. A show for innovators and motivators, people just like you. Kizzy is the publisher of Business Game Changer magazine, editor of the successful Woman in Business book series and the best-selling Every Entrepreneur's Guide series. Every week, Kizzy and his guests provide you with the tools you need to take your game-changing business to the next level. Listen, learn and innovate. Now meet your host, your mentor and your fellow game changer, Kizzy Nkwacha. Hello and welcome to Kids' Friday Game Changers. It's no big secret that the music industry has had its fair share of challenges in recent years. But due to an unexpected rise in demand for streamed media and digital, there's a huge opportunity for musicians and composers to make money from home creating music commercially. This week's guest, Vikram Goody, is the co-founder of Protégé Music School, a school focused on teaching musicians on how to become game-changing business people. In just a few minutes, I'll be talking to Vikram and finding out how you can turn the sound of music into the sound of cash tills ringing in your cells. Take the phone off the hook, lock yourself in and sit back because it's Friday. I'm Kizzy and this is Kizzy's Friday Game Changers. Listen, learn and innovate. 
I'm Brian Stolle, founding partner of Wildcat Venture Partners. Hey, Tanja Lee here, all the way from Melbourne, Australia. I'm a leadership and mindset specialist for real estate and property professionals. Hi, I'm Jonathan from Amplify. Hi, I'm Johnny Combe, CEO of Pay4New UK. I'm Kenneth Hafianyo, the founder of Jobwefa, an ethical fashion brand based in Ho, Volta Region, Ghana. My Friday is never the same without Kizzy's Friday Game Changes. Number one means you're always on top. You're, 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 you're on the number one. Number one. Hello, I'm Erica Wolf Murray, author of Simple Tips, Smart Ideas, Build a Bigger, Better Business. Um, the simple tip that I want to share with you today is that of going back through the work that you've done over past years and really looking at it to see whether you're missing a trick and not charging your current clients for some of the skills that you picked up during your long career. It's a really easy, easy task to do and sometimes it's just best drawing it up big on the wall or on a huge big pad of paper rather than sitting there within your doing it within an Excel spreadsheet. So take yourself right back to when you were 15, 16. Think about all the different ways that you have earned money over your life. Go into every single client, go into every single freelance project and really, really unpack what each of them offered you in terms of things you learnt, things you sold to clients, things you've been paid for and write them all out. Now, those are all an amazing, rich amalgam of skills and talents that you can take forward to clients today. But perhaps you'd like to package them up slightly differently. If so, sort them out. Are some of them business offerings? Perhaps some of them are creative offerings. Or maybe some are around children or different aspects of your career. Brand development, some say. Something like that. Well, look at them all, wrap them up and understand how to take them forward into your career tomorrow, next week, when you're working with people you've perhaps not met before. Ensure that your offer is really, really thorough. And that's my tip for today. So Erica Wolf-Murray signing off here. And if you want to find a copy of Simple Tips, Smart Ideas, Build a Bigger, Better Business, it's available on Amazon and also from Waterstones and Foils. Hope you have a good day. Call your friends and spread the word. Turn the Kids Friday Game Changers show is the best you've ever heard. Hello and welcome to the show. This week's guest, Vikram Goody, is a director of Elephant Music, a global sound design and motion picture marketing specialist, and is also the co-founder of Protégé Music School, a school that teaches musicians how to be entrepreneurs with models, including the importance of mindset. Vikram, it's great to have you join me. Hi, nice to be here. Vikram, whenever I hear your name, I think about split music publishing, uh, mammoth audio, but I know that that's just the tip of the iceberg. Your life changed back in summer 2011. That's when you were DJing. Uh, you performed at Gastonbury and then you went to L.A., why did these experiences change your life? That's a good question. I, I'm not totally sure why. Sometimes it can just be a combination of um, of things, you know, a time and a place. But um, at the time, I actually had a really, I guess you could call it a dream job. I was uh, working for a music publisher called um, Imagum, and they published some incredible acts like Daft Punk, 
uh, Vampire Weekend, um, you know, MIA. Uh, and I kind of had this amazing job where I, I would just have to put their music on, on film and TV. Um, it sounds a lot easier than it, than it actually was, to be honest, but it was a cool, um, first job in the music industry. Um, I just got promoted. Um, and I was kind of the manager of, um, my, my actual job was to put them on advertising. Uh, so that part of the industry is called synchronization. Um, it's the biggest growing area of the music industry right now. And I sort of went to LA because a couple of friends I had lived there and they, you know, you always think about these beautiful palm trees and, you know, lovely beaches. And I was sitting in sort of East London in, in February, uh, freezing cold, just wanting to get away. So I was like, yeah, you know, I'll go and, I'll go and see my friend uh, Chloe in LA. Uh, I booked a trip there. At the time I was in a band and um, my band was doing quite well as well you know we were um, playing Glastonbury and I was, I was DJing Glastonbury as well and um, something happened I'm not totally sure what it was but I, I was in America and I think I was at a bar with some friends and we weren't talking about work and I just realized that I I could do whatever I wanted I wasn't tied down by this particular job and you know this job was awesome but it wasn't exactly what I wanted to do still didn't know what I wanted to do, to be honest. All I knew is that it couldn't be done while having a nine to five job. So I came back from America. I played Glastonbury. I plotted my escape and finally handed in my resignation. Wow. Okay. That's a huge life transforming experiences. And so I'm wondering then, how did you go from thinking, well, I'm not sure what I want to do. Um, I, you then got into uh, music publishing, you got into Mamafordio and then Protégé. Why Protégé? Why do you think there's a need for a school like Protégé? Well, I kind of want everyone to experience what I experienced, but, um, it, you know, it took me, I started Elephant Music in 2012. So a sort of uh, a few months after I came back from America and, and quit my job, um, I sort of had a couple of months, you know, messing around, spending all my money. And then I bought a one-way ticket to America. Um, but what I learned took me seven years you know what i know now took me took me seven years and it wasn't so much about learning about the industry it was about learning how to work with composers and you know have a, my partner at protege richard schreiber and i have a you know decade-long relationship and it's got to the point where we have a ridiculously high turnover rate and that is um, how many tracks we make uh, compared to how many tracks get placed and i just wanted to teach people our process you know we started this school because that process is something that can be learned but it doesn't have to take you nine years of trial and error um it's about believing in yourself believing in your sound um using a few tick tricks and techniques um learning about what works and what doesn't work is, is a really key part of it um i think a lot of music schools um out there you know in, in london and la are really really good at teaching people how to make music and produce music and use the tools and about theory but once you finish you're kind of just thrown out on the streets and and kind of asked to make your own way which can take you another three or four years and sometimes those three or four years can be the best years of your composing life so what we try to do is condense not just the sort of music theory side of it but also the business side of it um which is often hidden from composers and, and musicians which is why they have such a hard time with the with the industry 
Um, but also a big part of it is mindset. And I think every week we give our students a mindset exercise as well as a creative exercise because creative blocks can be the biggest hurdle for some musicians as well. Um, and it's about making them well-rounded composers, not just one-dimensional composers. You know, I, I was thinking to myself that maybe, what, five, ten years ago, anybody who was a musician or a, um, or a composer, an artist, would always say, I'm an artist, I'm not a business person, because the two were always seen, always considered to be contradictory to each other. But what you're suggesting is that the two should be working closer together? Absolutely. I think the, the rise of the um, of Spotify and YouTube has meant, you know, it's so easy to become an entrepreneur now. All you really need to do is, is have a good idea and some good content. Um, with composers, they don't like the business side because composing is a really time-consuming job. You know, you can get sucked into making a track for weeks. You don't. A lot of people don't really have time to go and promote themselves, to go and register their tracks. Um, the, the administrative side of music publishing is, is a whole absolute beast of an industry that basically makes its money based on the track, the fact that people don't want to do the back end administrative side. Um, but in the past few years, um, you know, advances in technology and well, mainly due to the internet and um, digital distributions has meant it's quite easy to do it all yourself. Uh, I managed to do it myself. I managed to start Elephant Music myself. Um, I just got an accountant, register the company, and then improvise the rest, really. So why is mindset then so important? What, what does mindset do that makes such a big difference? Well, for composers, I think one of the big problems is finishing tracks. Um, I think you can ask any composer or producer, their biggest issue is this big hard drive at home, which has 80 unfinished tracks, and maybe two or three completed, which you know, they, they, they've slaved over for years. What we're, what we're trying to teach at Protégé is about just getting it done, you know, getting it out there and, and finishing jobs. And that's all about the process. And it's about the mindset of knowing that at the end of today, it doesn't matter how good or bad the track is, you're going to finish it. With that attitude, what happens is you end up building a catalog. And uh, in our industry, catalog is king. So the more tracks you have, um, it's, it's quite simple mathematics, really. The more tracks you have, and obviously they have to be of a good quality, um, the more chance you have of getting placements. So our school kind of teaches you how to up your production level and your output level by changing how you make music. Uh, that's not necessarily technical skills. Um, that's more about the process of the whole of the whole track making experience. So, why do you think there's this issue of composers not being able to finish their work? Because uh, I'm I'm thinking to myself, is it because uh, Vikram thinks that they're um, procrastinators, that they just never sort of knuckle down and get the job done, or is it because Vikram thinks that most composers are perfectionists and no matter what they do, it's never quite finished or it's never quite ready uh, it's definitely the the perfectionist side i don't think a lot of procrastinating happens in, in composer world the only procrastinating that happens is within making the track um so i think there's this quite common um problem composers have which is you know spending two or three days on perfecting the kick drum of a track 
and you can get sucked in, uh, especially since um, music has moved from, you know, making it physically in a studio to a computer. Because once upon a time, it was just plug in a guitar, play a track, fiddle a few knobs, and you could kind of, you could kind of feel what sounds right. Nowadays, it's endless tweaking and endless options and endless, um, you have literally every um, guitar and every single pedal and every drum kit and every studio and every hall on your laptop. Uh, sometimes those possibilities are maddening because you don't really know what to choose. You, you focus so much on the sound and not enough on the actual song. And we're trying to teach people about the song is going to make you a career, not perfecting the sound. If you want to perfect the sound, you should become an audio engineer or a mixer. But if you want to be a composer, you need to finish your tracks. So we teach people um, these techniques and, you know, they're, they're video based too. So they're very easy to follow. But by the, by the, by the end of week one, you finish the track. By the end of week two, you finish two tracks. And after you finish the course, you actually end up with 30 tracks, which is uh, more than most composers finish in a, in a year. Um, for some, it's less. But the point is that um, you've learned how to make 30 different types of tracks and you've got into the mindset and the habit of finishing one a week. Do you know what? What you're saying makes so much sense because I don't think it's something that's exclusive to composers, musicians, or, art, or uh, musical artists because this idea of success being dependent on your ability to crank out quality products, it's, it's across the board because I, I was thinking about um, one of my favorite writers, a guy called Patterson, um, who's a really famous thriller writer. And he, ch I mean, he writes a book every Tuesday. He, <laughs> he chucks a book out every Tuesday. Da Vinci wow. did the same thing. Every artist has got to be prolific, haven't they? They've got to keep on producing quality products time and time again. Yes, but I think people uh, get swept up with this idea of perfect and, and it doesn't exist. There's no such thing as perfect. You know, if you think it's perfect, the next person's going to dislike the snare. And we have this mentality, which is done is better than perfect. You know, once you finish a track, you can change it later. But if you don't finish a track, there's nothing to change. Uh, we work in an industry where you can get someone else to mix it. You can get someone else to master it. You can collaborate with someone on if the vocal doesn't work. But you have to finish the track in the first place. And then your options open up. You can finish a track and give it to a different label who might remix it. You can give it to a different publisher who might rewrite it. But if you don't finish it, there are no options. I get you. I get it completely. And I'm just thinking to myself that um, the idea of finishing a track is great and something I'm sure a lot of um, composers will embrace as being something that they can definitely do. But something that I know that a lot of artists have already told themselves time and time again they can't do it's accounts and financing it's looking after the money uh, most artists are or have convinced themselves that they're terrible at doing stuff like that so i think they tend to avoid it just because they think it's not something they can handle well there's two sides of it i mean obviously as a publisher we take care of that side for artists and um as a split music publishing we have a load of artists and we take care of their royalties and finances um, as well as their licensing and, 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 you know, all the registrations and paperwork. And with Elephant Music, it's similar. We take care of a lot of composers, but I don't do the finances. I have an accountant. And I have to say that, um, you know, starting out as an entrepreneur, 
um, the the biggest game changer for me was getting an accountant. Um, at the beginning, I didn't mm. want to spend the money because I didn't have it. And I tried to do it myself, and made loads of mistakes. Then I got stung by uh, signing up to a really expensive accountant that, that cost me about seven grand a year somehow. And then I sort of got scared of accounts, tried to do it myself again, got stung with how much time it took up. And then finally, I found a really good one uh, who, I, who I've been with now for seven years. And, um, you know, that, that has cleared my mind um, so much. I don't have to think about finances. I have an eye on them all the time. I speak to my accountant every week, but I don't have to think about, I don't have to use the part of my brain that doesn't naturally vibrate with, um, with numbers and, um, and tax for example. I hear you. Um, I think if you can find a good accountant, somebody you can rely on, you can sort of give them responsibility. Well, not you can give them um, the, 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 the ability to do stuff like that for you while you keep an eye on it. But at least you can focus on the things that you know you are specifically really good at. Absolutely. I think you need to figure out what you want to do first. If you want to be a composer, that's amazing. But just be a composer. Don't try and do it all. Um, Perfect your skill, become the best composer you can be before you try and uh, expand and, and, and do different things. Um, naturally, nowadays, as a composer, you're an entrepreneur because you're self-employed, which means that, um, you know, you normally have to start and register your own company. So the door's kind of open for you to do whatever you want, whenever you want it. Um, but perfect your craft and figure out what you want to do first. Um, if you want to be a composer, be the best composer you can. Great advice. Now, I know a lot of people who have musical aspirations might think that because of this pandemic that we're all going through, the best thing they can do right now is batten down the hatches, tighten their belts and put everything on hold, at least until things get back to normal. Would that be a good approach for you, Graham? Um, maybe. I mean, it's the opposite of what I would do. I think um, as soon as we uh, heard about the lockdown, um, a lot of our competitors stopped production and, you know, they laid off a lot of staff and um, they kind of just, yeah, like you said, just sort of boarded the windows. Um, we took the opposite approach. We said, no, we're going to keep going with production. In fact, we're going to up production. We're putting out an extra album uh, every month. Um, we're pushing all of our composers to produce more because the way I see it, there's never going to be a better time in recent human history that you're going to have to compose. You know, a lot of people <laughs> have the problem that they don't like staying at home. You know, they want to go out um, and therefore they don't have a lot of time to compose. But now you're stuck at home. You have to be putting out as much content as you as you can, as you can physically put out. Um, you know, it, there's a possibility that right now is going to be your golden composing period where you've been, you know, you've been forced to have this habit of composing six to eight hours a day because of the lockdown um so now i completely disagree with that i think right now is a really exciting time um when we look at some of our statistics um for mammoth audio for example um the music products industry um and that that means um virtual instruments and plugins is um going through a bit of a renaissance i think the first week after lockdown um sales were equivalent to what they normally are during uh, the black friday weekend um, which shows that people are at home, people are getting a bit bored. So they are, I don't know, dusting off that old guitar or picking up that keyboard. 
and getting back into what they really love. Um, I also think a lot of people are reevaluating their life. You know, they're, they're at home and they're actually enjoying themselves and they're thinking, do I really want to go back to this job that I don't like very much? Hmm, maybe I should actually get into making music. And the music community online has been amazing uh, during COVID. Um, some of the really big instrument manufacturers like uh, Korg and Moog have made a lot of their instruments available for free online. Um, you know, we've, we've given away a free instrument as well. We're giving away a free week uh, course, a protege. Um, there's loads of free learning out there. So there's not much in the way of, of you becoming a, a, a composer, you know, in the space of a few weeks, because a composer is just someone that makes music. As soon as you've made a track, you're a composer. I think that a lot of what you're saying goes back to what we were discussing at the beginning of our conversation. And that's the issue of mindset, because from what you're saying, everybody's experiencing exactly the same thing but it's the meaning you give to it that makes that essential difference. Because you said that, you know, oh, everybody's going through this terrible time, but rather than batting down the hatches, my company is actually cranking up our activity. We're doing more work because, because of the pandemic rather than despite it. Yeah, I think it's like you're stuck at home, you know. Um, in, normal, in a normal week, I would spend, you know, a, a couple of hours going to work and back, you know, and having lunch. Um, you know, you waste a lot of time. You're kind of distracted by everything. You're con kind of doing things you don't really want to do, a lot of admin. And for me, being at home and get, being able to focus on one thing has made me more productive. And I know a lot of my composers have been making a lot more music since they've been, been at home as well. And yeah, it is a mindset thing. You know, I don't, I don't believe in doing what everyone else is doing at all I, I believe in sort of taking a step back and looking at opportunities um and i think there's there's a lot of opportunities for example there's more people in front of their computer than ever before uh so for us it was a great time to advertise you know we've been advertising mammoth audio i think our ad spend went up six times this month than it than it usually is and the results have been we're getting more subscribers and followers and more people downloading our instruments um with Elephant Music, you know, we've, we've kept the lights on. In fact, Elephant Music, we hired an extra person during the pandemic. I've not actually even met him yet. Um, but we thought, you know, we're going to get our head down and it's a really good time to sort of tighten up a lot of the admin stuff in the background. It's a really good time to finish off some albums, maybe put out some new ideas. And what ended up happening is we kind of almost doubled our output in the last few weeks. Um, having that extra time of not commuting... Uh, when you times it by a few people, that becomes, you know, 10, 12, 14 hours a week. Um, that's just more output. You know, you could sit, you could sit at home and kind of moan about it. Um, or you could sort of get up and do something about it. And my attitude has always been, you know, look for the opportunity and do something about it. Very wise words indeed. Uh, but hold that thought. We're going to take a quick break and come back to our conversation in a few minutes. I've got a note here that's been shoved under my nose to remind me that Business Game Changer magazine is producing a 2020 showcase of the outstanding UK-based women in business. The UK's Top 10 Women in Business Award recognises the outstanding contribution, that's what it says here, outstanding underlined contribution made by individual UK-based businesswomen, and we know there are plenty of them. This contribution is either to their businesses, their local communities, or by inspiring and mentoring other entrepreneurs. For information about how to nominate yourself, a colleague, or a client, 
for inclusion in the UK's top 10 women in business, email businesseditor at email.com. That email, just one more time, is businesseditor at email.com. Okay, job done. Uh, this week's incredibly talented entrepreneur, this week's boss star is Roger Rosa, the owner and CEO of Cleveland-based marketing and public relations firm, The Eisen Agency. The Eisen Agency provides marketing communications, uh, business development, and PR services to clientele across the US and throughout the globe. But when Roger's not making, molding, and mobilizing public opinion, He's writing and performing some truly amazing music. Here he is, Roger Rosa singing Moonshine. Have a listen. Funny how the full moon shines, the beauty of the sound outside when I'm quiet. And I hear everywhere. Funny how that drop of water feels like the childhood laughter when everywhere is laughing. Cigarette burns, my bottle dries I can't think I'd live in lies And you did this to me Can't you see? I am Andrew Komenos, sales and performance strategist, and this is Kizzy's Friday Game Changers, the world's number one podcast experience. My cigarette burns, my tabs are paid, I can't drive, but so I stayed in you. Hi, this is Rob Basso, CEO of Associated Human Capital Management, and you're listening to Kizzy's Friday Game Changers.
Get in touch with Kizzy's Friday Game Changers by emailing FridayGameChangers at email.com and follow us on Twitter by searching for Kizzy's Friday Game Changers. Kizzy's Friday Game Changers, book of the week. I'm Jane Carley and I work for Make More Noise PR. We've been working with an entrepreneur who's blown us away with his passion and uniqueness, but also his success in business. He's Nigel Bottrell and the book that I'm recommending is his aptly named Botty's Rules. His overriding strapline for the book is, if you want to make it big, you need to know the rules. The book tells a fascinating story, but also serves as a must-have reference tool for those running a business. The story is about Nigel, a guy from Leeds, who in 2002, at the age of 36, stepped off the corporate ladder to do his own thing, and less than four years later, he was a millionaire. Since then, he has built nine separate million-pound businesses of his own. Botty's Rules is a must-read, as it's a no-frills account of how Nigel Bottrell did it, what worked well, what went wrong, his success, his triumphs, his mistakes, and his cock-ups. Interwoven through his story are Botty's Rules. These are his blueprint for super success in the 21st century of business, and a crucial reference tool for any business owner who wants to make it big. The book includes real-life examples, simple ideas and tips, practical exercises, and Botty's 29 Rules for Success. I couldn't put this book down when it landed on my desk, as it was far removed from the usual business bibles that I have dipped in and out of. This one is relatable, humorous, and straight-talking and massively inspiring. Welcome back. Before the break, you're listening to Moonshine by Roger Rosa. And I'm in the studio talking to game-changing entrepreneur Vikram Goody, director of Elephant Music and co-founder of Protégé Music School. Vikram, we're at my favourite part of the show. This is a section we call Past, Present and Future. Now, now don't panic. What it means is that I'm going to ask you three questions about your business past, your business present and your business future. And if we get this right... If we get these cunningly devised questions right, you will give us an insight into the mind of game changer Vikram Goody. Are you game? Yeah, let's do it. Excellent. Okay. Well, look, just um, take a deep breath, uh, sit back, have a sandwich, relax for a few seconds. Um, As always, you've got to imagine you can hear a clock ticking in the background. Now, that's the sound of time passing by second after second. Imagine yourself traveling back in time to meet the young Vikram Goody just starting out on his entrepreneurial journey. Young Vikram asks you for one piece of advice, one strategy that will help him grow his business. What would you tell him? I would say believe in yourself because I definitely didn't do that for the first uh, four or five years um, and just get out there and do it. Uh, I spent a few years kind of um, not knowing whether music was the right thing for me and and that was taking a lot of bad advice from uh you know other people saying oh there's no money in music oh it's the worst time in the music industry's history why are you getting into music and and i listened to that too much um you know i sort of did a lot of jobs that i didn't really like um i got into industries that i wasn't interested in and i feel like uh, i never like to use the word wasted but i think there were a few years where i was just going round in circles so my advice would have been, you know, if you really want to do something, just do it. Don't wait around. Uh, don't try everything. Just go for the thing that 
really resonates with you. Of all the jobs that you tried while you were trying to find your purpose, what would you say was the worst job you did? Oh man, there was there was quite a few bad ones. Um, I think right at the beginning, I sort of uh, took the first. I mean, I just graduated from university. You know, I was living in London and, and you know pretty skint, so I was literally taking anything. Uh, I worked in a furniture shop for a while. Um, I worked in a pub once for a week and got fired. That was pretty bad. <laughs> Why would you get fired? Actually, you know, I don't even think it was a week. I think it was two days. Um, I, I just didn't turn up to my second shift. I think I was four hours late. Um, I knew I knew then that, um, yeah, I wasn't cut out for the hospitality lifestyle. <laughs> Man, that's, that's got to be some sort of world record to get fired in under a week. <laughs> Yeah, I guess so. I, you know, I just, I, I like pubs and I like the idea of working in a pub, but, you know, the reality is it's really, really hard job. Um, you have to be really skilled mm-hmm. to do that job. You have to be a master of multitasking. And, and unfortunately, I'm, I'm not a master of multitasking. I'm quite good at doing, you know, one thing at a time. Um, so, yeah, I, I could never work in a bar. I'm just wondering if you'd gone back and met the young Vikram at that age and you said to him, look, just go for what you want to do. Do you think he had enough belief in himself to understand the value of that advice? Maybe. I think at the time, if I said, go for what you want to do, I probably would have been a guitarist and, you know, gone off to do to try and be in a rock band. And to be honest, I did do that for a long time. And sort of from the age of 20 to, I'd say, 29, um, I was in bands and, um, you know, I was performing live and, and writing music and writing different types of music and messing around with equipment and, you know, like buying weird things. Um, and although I didn't end up, you know, being a guitarist in a band, all of that experience has been so valuable to what I do now. You know, um, you know, being a sort of music producer and, you know, owning a, a virtual instrument company. There's no way I would, I would know what to do unless I had been performing and writing and and playing with with instruments. So even though you know in my head I think that um, I could have started in the industry and in inverted commas by the way um, a little bit earlier, all that experience and uh, that passion for music and um, all the listening that I did and and all the people that I met um made me the sort of producer i am today so i don't really have any regrets i think that um i think that you know your whole you aren't uh, you're the you're the kind of sum of all the experiences you had whether they're good or bad um so yeah if i did give myself that advice i probably would have done the same thing that i'm doing now yeah it would have done and but the thing is you, you don't know what the future holds and um you know looking back now that the, what you're doing now is probably what you were meant to be doing. But probably at that age, so the age of 18, 19, 20, it's so difficult to tell what, what's over the horizon, isn't it? Yeah, I think uh, when I was 18, 19, there's a lot of pressure from me. You know, um, you know, I'm from an Indian family, so my parents obviously wanted me to be a, be a doctor, no matter what I was into. Mm. Um, so there was that battle as well. Um, but there was also the fact that, you know, I, I just don't know how people can choose their career when they're 18. It, it baffles me that we have to make those life choices so young. Um, you know, my life, my career path has taken 10 different directions. And, you know, even in the last few years, um, I'm doing different things all the time and, and kind of very easily bored of, of, of doing one thing and, and, and trying something else. So, 
Um, I had no idea I wanted to, what I wanted to do, to be honest, until quite recently. Um, and, and that still evolves. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, with, with my son, I'm, I'm sort of just letting him do what he wants for as long as he wants and not pushing him into any particular career. Um, you know, all the careers that, that we knew of, um, you know, 20 years ago, kind of a lot of them don't really exist anymore. Um, you know, the future is changing, changing so quickly. I, I don't feel I could give anyone any proper advice on the next 10 years because I have no idea where we're going to be. Um, let's move into the future. Now, let's assume that we're still mates and you're still taking my call in 10 years time. Uh, Vikram, what will you be doing in 10 years time? I really don't know. I mean, honestly, in the last year or two, I've completely changed my directions. You know, I'm obviously I'm still doing um, my elephant music stuff. I'm putting out albums um every month but you know only last year i started a, a second label um called mammoth and mammoth started putting out two albums a month now and then last uh year i started mammoth audio a virtual instruments company who you know we put out our first instrument this year we're putting out a second instrument next year so i assume in 10 years time we might be putting out our 10th or 20th instrument um i still um, I'm the co-founder of Split Music Publishing and, you know, we're doing some really cool stuff with experimental artists. Um, hopefully in 10 years time, that's still going and we're kind of pushing boundaries on on how music publishing works. Um, I'm doing a lot of stuff that I'm just really into, you know, like I'm, I'm building a, a valve amplifier right now with, with a friend of mine, which has been a passion project. Um, and actually, it started out by just being, I needed an amp, you know, for my record collection and you know for for listening to music and um uh, it's kind of turned into oh i quite like this amp maybe we should make 20 or 30 so i don't know what the future holds maybe maybe i'll end up making amplifiers for a living um i just know that you have to be flexible uh you have to be ready to drop everything if you think that um there's a there's a better opportunity over the horizon so i'm never attached to any anything that i do um i'm trying to always think on my feet and also just move with what interests me. Um, as soon as it starts becoming boring, then it starts to become work for me. And I've never considered what I do work. I just consider it a hobby and a passion that I get paid for. So I know when I have to start making, uh, you know, these sort of one 90 degree turns or 180 turns and ending certain things and starting new ones. And that's when my passion and drive runs out. So hopefully in 10 years' time, I still have that passion and drive. Do you know, I, I think you will. And I think you're going to be building um, even more uh, uh, businesses and doing something that's going to change a lot of people's lives in the music world. But that's for the future. And we've already had a look at the past. Let's stay into the present. In the present, here and now, Vikram, what motivates you? What keeps you focused and pushing forward? That's a good question. Um Normally, it's just really good music. You know, the one thing that really gives me this boost of energy is when I hear an amazing album um, and that album sort of pricks my ears in many ways, in, in all ways, you know, not just as a music fan, as a, as a music producer, as a, um, as a publisher, as a sort of um, a virtual instruments manufacturer. Uh, occasionally those moments happen when your sort of life changes, you know, listening to a record. And, you know, I had a, I had a sort of five-year period quite recently, actually, when that just didn't happen for a long time. Um, and I don't know whether it's just a, a classic, um, you know, new business style 
um, problem. But I was just so focused on building this and, you know, maintaining and, and accounts and, you know, keeping everything afloat. I kind of didn't listen to music for, for uh, I would say, a good two, two and a half years. I mean, I did, but but I wasn't consciously listening to music as a fan. And then quite recently, um, you know, I just did again. And it was the best thing because it just inspired me to do all these new things like start Mammoth Audio and, um, you know, branch out, you know, do more experimental, odd projects, you know, just because it's eventually the music that inspires me to do it all. Well, I don't think you're in danger of losing that inspiration. I know that we've got so many questions that um, we still haven't sort of touched on. But uh, I know also, I've just had a note saying that we've gone over our allotted time, which I kind of thought we would do. Um, I'm hoping that we can maybe continue this conversation in a couple of months' time. Um, so we can maybe do a part two and get some more insight and wisdom from you. Uh, what, what do you reckon? What, could Is that possible? Yeah, I'm sure that would be possible. That would be fantastic. But until then, I've got to say, it's been such a, an amazing pleasure talking to you, Vikram. Thank you so much for sharing your insight, your wisdom, your knowledge, and your time with the Friday Game Changers. Thank you so much. Oh, it's a pleasure. I actually think what you're doing is really, really important as well. I think a lot of people want to do... Um, you know, entrepreneurial activities and, and start companies, but they have no idea where to start. And I think uh, having a, a podcast uh, like this is so important because you're showing people um, uh, the lives of entrepreneurs in so many different kind of uh, parts of the business. Um, and I think, you know, listening to this every week, you might suddenly hear that one voice that makes you realize that's what I want to do. So I think this is a really important podcast. Uh, thanks for having me. It's been my pleasure. Thank you so much. Well, Vikram's incredibly inspiring story is a great reminder that enjoying success requires the ability to adapt because only by being open to change will you have a true opportunity to get the most from your talent. It's a lesson that game changers like Vikram are teaching us every day. Listen, learn and innovate. Playing us that is Roger Rosa, CEO of Cleveland-based marketing and public relations firm, The Ison Agency, and Roger's performing Unknown Road. See you next week. That's how it is, brother. All your friends and spread the word. Tell them that Kids' Friday Game Changers show is the best you've ever heard. I walked away from every dirty look. The stink on trouble is not who I am. Had some fun on a Saturday night. Nothing Sunday school couldn't make it right. I think I know what it takes to be a I took a walk and found I'm on this unknown road On and on through the freezing cold Walking down, walking down, walking down This unknown road 
I'm Brian Stolley, founding partner of Wildcat Venture Partners, and my Fridays wouldn't be the same without Kizzy's Friday Game Changers. Thinking you know where this road leads, the path to hell is paved with good deeds. It's too 